0: This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bame. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about leveraging a remote workforce from the Philippines to grow your business. This is something that I'm very passionate about, something that I do on a daily basis. In studio with us today is Heather Bame, a certified business coach that works with business owners to gain clarity and achieve their goals. Heather, welcome back to the show.
1: Always happy to be here.
0: You're going to be leading this one. Oh, yeah. I've got yeah. a lot of
1: questions for you.
0: I'm your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in giving small businesses a competitive edge by hiring administrative and social media experts from the Philippines. This is how I've kind of built my whole company, and mm-hmm. I really enjoy doing it. And it, I love bringing in new clients and opening up their vision of how they can run their company that in ways that they never really thought about. The we it's like painting a room right we're painting the floor and we started in the wrong spot and we start doing it and before we know it we're in the corner and we can't get out you know mm-hmm. what i mean so that's that job versus you know job owner versus business owner you know paradigm that i'm very passionate about getting clarity on so we can do well with. So where are we starting?
1: So before we dive right into that, because that's that's a whole topic I've got some specific questions on, but um, just tell me a little bit about your background and where you got the idea for Krukus Marketing from.
0: Well, my background is in law enforcement,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which, you know, building a company wasn't really something to think about in law enforcement or running a company. Um, so, but that was a very... I don't know, it was a specific part of my life I wanted to do since I was seven years old. But as I neared the end of my career, I really wanted to build a company. And I have, I mean, I've got a, an associate's degree in business administration, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean nothing yeah. when it comes to building a company. But I know I wanted to do it, so I just decided to retire early and then move on to the next phase. And I ended up in radio. I did that for uh, about six months on a tr- and kind of like a trial basis of doing some stuff with a show, and then after I retired, I got involved with doing another one uh, with real estate, and really wanted to meet business owners.
1: Mm-hmm. And then,
0: you know, I knew I figured out my name it was going to be Krucus. Um I didn't know the rest of it. I knew it was Krukus. so <laughs> up. I, it's a made-up word, right? But I figured it's cool. And then um, just walking it down and figuring out. Well social media was a good thing, you know Facebook and Instagram advertising, but I hated that. It's, it's high risk and it's very stressful for the businesses that are involved in it and it's very competitive and you really mm-hmm. have to do well at it uh, to for businesses to get their ROI on it that they're looking for. So it's really not my thing. but social media management kind of was. So I did some of that stuff around the podcast show meeting business owners, which was a reason for the podcast show so I could meet business owners. And then learning that, hey, my business is growing. How am I going to do this? And then I got into virtual assistant hiring. And that's what really kind of opened my eyes that this is a big deal. And it's super affordable. Um, it's There's complexities to it that business owners can get through very low cost. The ability to hire and fire as you need without a lot of legal, legal stuff that we have to battle with or extra costs, administrative costs of hiring locally that really kind of stifle young entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's what I loved about it, these types of elements here. And then I just kind of started with one, freaked my wife out, (laughs) you know, with why are you spending some of our profits on this? And she's thinking like an employee, though. That's how she thinks. And I was like, this is. I'm not building a job for myself. I'm building a company. And when you take that kind of mindset, and then you're good with leverage, you understand that leverage can work well, and then you have a pool of applicants or people that you can really kind of employ and do that with, there's really no limit to what you can accomplish.
1: Yeah. Well, and what I think is really interesting is you didn't go into business. You said, I Krukas was a made-up word. I didn't know what it was going to do with it. So you took it from, I know I want to start a business. Radio kind of came about. Then that evolved from radio to social media management, which evolved into the virtual assistant company that you own now that's created leverage. And the energy that you bring to the table when you talk about leverage and virtual assistance is so different than the energy you bring when you're talking about social media management or even radio, even though you're still doing a podcast now. But it's more of a means to the end where leverage is like, this is what has made me successful. That's the kind of energy you bring to it. So I love it. What was that spark that got you from being an employee? And my uncle did this. He was a a prison guard in California for 30 years. He retired. He went over to Bentonville, Arkansas, got another job at Walmart. So now he makes two salaries, right? His pension and his active. So what gave you that spark of I want to go and build my own business instead of just getting another job, getting that double salary.
0: Well, there's a lot of frustration, you know. As a, I was a sergeant with the San Antonio Police Department for 16 years, I, I filled that position for a long time, and I never wanted to go any higher because it's like you make lieutenant, captain, and so forth, and it's like, ugh, it mm-hmm. just the 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 work done at those levels was awful. Policies are bad. There's no sense of control. You can't, you get a bad patrolman in that's not fit for the job and they need to be fired. There's a whole mess of a process that's involved in that. It's just very, it's stifling. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to do something where I could build my own thing. I had this spark of wanting to, you know. You could think that I'm very confident in myself mm-hmm. and my yeah. abilities. That comes across, <laughs> right? But even if I'm wrong, it's like I'm gonna I'll go all in on being wrong, and I'm okay if I'm wrong. Let's learn from it and let's move on. And I think that's a good core principle for an entrepreneur is to be able to recognize: Hey, this is not this is not working. Right? We need to rethink it and move on. So I have that drive, but I needed to be able to wrap myself around something I believed in. And with virtual assistant hiring, I'm a product of the service. Mm-hmm. So it, that's why I'm, I I know it works. You know, it's not a magic bullet, right? Because you could, and I've done this, I've hired people that didn't work out. I just fired two people over the last couple of weeks. But the firing process is very simple, right? It's not expensive, right? You just that's not, terminate. You have
1: to a workforce commission and deal oh, yeah. with all the hubble, hullabaloo.
0: Or get sued because, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't follow steps one through 16 on the out, you know what I mean? The, the exit process, it's like it's just stupid. So this is very freeing in that in that in that way. So um, I'm able to move and, and quickly and do it. so and then I mean it's work. So hiring a VA, a, a remote worker, it has its you have to train them. Mm-hmm. so for a, a busy entrepreneur and I went through this I went through this in two major phases and I had to slow down so I could train and what's what would be frustrating is if that does, person doesn't work out because then you have to do it again. But that's the risk that you take. But Do you want to take it at a high level or do you want to take it you know, at a remote worker level? And, and your risk is seriously mitigated, but the bottom line is I had to grow. So as I'm doing this and I'm figuring it out and I'm getting better at it, and I'm like, this is amazing. This is so empowering for people like me who want to scale. Some people are fine with having a job. And I think that's one of the things that are my core – core principles in that mind mm-hmm. map that you built out. The first one that I start with is job owner versus uh, business okay. owner. And I knew what I wanted from the get go.
1: So what does that mean to you being a job owner?
0: It is working the ins and outs of the business on a daily basis and not really planning your way out of it. You, you just want to do the work. I don't want to, Is people are, some people are like this, uh, I just don't want a boss. I want to work for myself. Mm-hmm. And they're fine in that world. I'm not. I didn't want to create a job for myself. I wanted to build a company. There's a big difference.
1: And tell me a little bit about what that difference looks like.
0: One, you're, let's say you've got a plumber, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I know some plumbers out there. I mean, a, a lot of them. And um, they, they go make the calls, right? They're answering the phones. So having a conversation can be difficult because they may have to pick up the phone and take the call, right? Because it's mm. a service call or it's a it maybe new business call or whatever it is. They drive the trucks to where they're going. Or if they're not doing the job themselves, they're supervising the job or they're checking on the job themselves. Um, they're by the phone. They're they're anchored to it. Um, and it's difficult to get that time off. And... They're really not looking to grow to a company that is organized and structured in a way that can execute the business without them.
1: And what does that role look like owning a business? You are a business owner versus a job owner.
0: So the beauty of this is you actually start out as a job owner. Yeah. I did. You right? work your
1: way up in the company. But yeah, <laughs> I had a
0: plan of moving my way out and because I'm I'm building that structure out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? And it's like a tent. When you put up a tent, you know, you go around and you do the pegs and you do the things, and then when you push that thing up, it it's like it's whoa, that was fast. And that's kind of how it was with me. I started with one employee. I I started myself doing everything and found Mm -hmm. myself overwhelmed, but I was full of energy. And that's the thing too. When you start a business, you have so much energy at the start, but what does that look like two years from now? Can you sustain that day in and day out? All of the energy that is required to do that, all of those things. And for me, I I couldn't see myself doing that. I had to plan to say, okay, I'm going to work my way out of this position because then I can have new energy for new things, which mm-hmm. is exciting for my type of personality. So that's how I did it. And I, so I ended up with one, and then now I'm at 23, fixing to be 24, 25, 26, I think, this week. Wow, yeah. It's like it, it just grows, and it, it just scales like that hockey stick, right? It just keeps going and going mm-hmm. and going. Um, and all my employees either seriously facilitate what I'm doing so that I can make more money or they make me money in my company.
1: So at the end of the day, leverage is that big distinction between owning that job and owning that business.
0: That's the only way you can do it. I don't see it any other way, Mm -hmm. unless you have robots, but even that's leverage, right? AI, right. Right? But you have to leverage in order to get your time back and to be able to scale. See, here's another thing. So I have a retirement pension, right? Mm -hmm. comes to me every month. I've earned it, right? paid for it, earned it, all good, right? But it's this.
1: It'll never grow. Right.
0: Well, there's a cost of living, which I didn't even know about, by Mm -hmm. the way, but there's a cost of living increase that we can get, which (laughs) I thought is great. So it grows a (laughs) little bit. But the thing is, is that it's flat. It's basically flat. Yeah. So, but the thing is with the economy and lifestyle and the need that the expenses that you have as you grow older and the things you want to do. And if you have more time on your hands, like if you're retired then you probably Mm want to spend more money, well, your needs are going to go up. They're not flat. So we need income that will continue to grow. And in business, why would you want to build something that goes flat, that is only dependent on what you can do in 8 hours or 10 hours or 15 hours? Why not build something that will continue to grow? You can work your 8 hours, but why not have something that's going to continue to perform past that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we all look at it. We all have the 20, same 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. Why do some people get so much more done with it?
0: So in, we've had this conversation with my wife. It's like I tell her I've got I've got, I think, six people on my administrative staff that are working 40 hours a week for me. Mm-hmm. OK, so six times 40 hours is what is that? Uh, 240, 240 hours yeah. plus my 40 hours. Right. So 280 hours of work goes in. I've multiplied my efforts by that much. So I'm getting a lot done in a week. To me, that's exciting.
1: Yeah. So you compound your time effect. You have more time freedom. But what other things does leverage give you beyond just taking tasks off your plate?
0: So mental bandwidth is huge. I'm a creative person. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to be put in a box or a corner, right? As they say, don't put baby in a corner, right? (laughs) So I wanna be able to be creative. We we're talking to Isaac earlier and, and mm-hmm. he likes that too. He likes to kinda of, okay, let me do this to get something going, then I wanna go on to the next thing, right? Which is great as long as you're is you're supporting the things that you're kind of moving away from, right? Because mm-hmm. we can't abdication's not necessarily bad, but we can't abdicate too early. Yeah. Right. We have to delegate and we have to really kind of have that accountability piece in place mm-hmm. in order to make sure that the integrity of that is there, because if it starts to crumble, people will flee.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. It's like a boat with holes in it. People are going to jump off and go someplace else. And you don't want that with your staff and and you and the over, and your customers and all that kind of stuff, too. But the mental bandwidth that's rec- that's, that I need or that I want to have to be creative and to think of these new things to do and uh, this... Like talking with you as my business coach Mm -hmm. and getting these ideas that come in. It's like, if I don't have the mental bandwidth to process that because I'm so overwhelmed by everything else, then it's like I I can't execute on anything. There's nothing left in the tank. So I need that mental bandwidth in order to do that. And leverage gives me that because now I delegate tasks to my supervisors, Mm -hmm. boop, boop, boop. And then they're running their teams. And then I just say, hey, I've got this idea. I wanna do, I wanna make sure we're paying attention to this on Instagram. And then she goes and executes it with the team. My mental bandwidth only requires me to have the idea, communicate the idea, and then check up on the idea. I'm free otherwise. I don't have to go through the whole process of implementing, managing, and all of those other pieces that go with being good at it.
1: Yeah. It's like it gives you the the ability to have the time, freedom, and the mental freedom to think, how do I work at this smarter? How do I make this easier? And that kind of thing absolutely combats burnout. Yeah. Because burnout, if you don't have the mental ability to step back and just think of different ways to approach things, the answer tends to be work harder.
0: Yeah. Which people, that's, I almost think that's an an American slogan, work harder. Because we do, we work hard. Mm -hmm. We do. I mean, all over the country, people are working harder. And I love that. But we need to put some of that work smarter into it, but then also leverage. It's, I've loved having conversations with business owners when I introduce the idea of leveraging through mm. remote working because it's almost overwhelming to them because you, the, the gears are going, the smoke is coming out. I mean, because they're like, I, this is new information. I've never even thought about it this way because it seems so out of reach. But I bring it within reach and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is something that I can do. And that's how I pick up my customers.
1: Absolutely, and so it's, it's massively affecting the business. It's, it's allowing you to have the ability to have those, those conversations with other business owners too where it's not just giving you more business but it's collaborating and being able to share that you are a product of, of what you're selling basically. Yep. So you've got the mental bandwidth to be able to think of new ideas. We've talked about the time compounding. You've got 280 hours a week into your business versus 40 hours a week into your business. Where else does that time freedom affect your life and your business?
0: Well, being able to shut down at 6 o'clock at night mm-hmm. as opposed to going to 8, 9 o'clock at night. Now, I do run over at times. But, you know, I, here's another thing, too, is I like to play video games. Okay? I do. How dare you. And I have <laughs> this fun side of me, right, that, that I have to feed. Well, when I was a cop and I'm doing my work, I couldn't like interrupt my day and play video games, right? Because you're getting yeah. paid by the hour, right? That's a don't big the no I think police no.
1: commissioner would be really thrilled with you. Right.
0: But in my job, it's like I can do that. I can take a break and I can have some fun in the middle of my day and then I can move on. So that is a form of time freedom there too. Taking Saturdays off now and just being like, I'm shutting down on Saturdays because that's more of a Schlitterbahn day. It's the mm-hmm. summertime. We're having a good time. But being able to shut that off, it's like... If if I'm a plumber or if I have to be by that phone all the time and it's gonna I have to answer it mm-hmm. I don't even take my phone to Schlitterbahn I don't have it with me the whole time my wife has hers thing. and I'm telling her <laughs> I don't even think you need to bring yours and Brooke doesn't bring hers we're just unplugging for that portion of a Saturday kind of a thing which is harder to do if you don't have that time freedom if you don't own your aren't we working to own some of our own time back I like to be busy too but. We need to be able to shut down and give our bodies and minds and our families a break.
1: I think that comes back around again to owning a business instead of a job because a job, you cannot step away. You don't have the ability to control your time like that. But when you own a business, that's that's what you get to do. And leverage is what gives you the ability to do that without losing all of your business.
0: Well, they like to think that's what they can do. But I think the reality that hits them in the face when people get into entrepreneurship is, If you don't structure it right, then you're trapping yourself, actually. It's going to be worse. Maybe you should have just taken a job, or you can call in sick, or you can do your vacation time, but you put in your your 40 hours, and that's it. Entrepreneurship's not that way.
1: Well, I think we've all met young entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs who are just starting out, and they tell us, oh, I'm I'm, I'm starting out because I want to have freedom and flexibility. We all kind of, like, chuckle. (laughs) Because everyone in business knows that business can very easily expand and take up as much time as you'll give it, if you don't set those boundaries and create that that structure. And speaking of structure, you know, there's leverage through people, but there's also leverage through systems and processes. So, what are some non-staff oriented ways that you create structure in your business?
0: Non-staff ways? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm not as good at that. I think, you know, having um, so I, I kind of combine systems and processes. I think of them kind of interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're I think business of it coach. as
1: like the what and the how. The system is the what. The process uh, is the how.
0: Okay. Because it's like therapy session. I like the business there therapy. <laughs> That's what you should call it, right? So We're doing business therapy. I'm always therapy.
1: worried about calling it business therapy, though, oh, because I, like I don't it. want to be called a therapist. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. Ugh. You probably need a PhD or something to be called a therapist. I might be get
1: now. hit by some kind of like regulation if I start calling myself that. Right. Um, anyway.
0: So, so the what is, um, I guess, having what my services are. Give me some direction on this so, question.
1: so yeah. I think you know, there's the people, and and you've got the leverage through people's time. But what are some of the things that you have to implement? Because you've got the people, but systems and processes. Yeah, the what and the how of what how they're executing your vision. I guess I would call it.
0: Yeah. So like take social media, for example. Um, I mean, I have a team that I've built up over a period of time over Mm -hmm. there and then introduced a team leader that kind of came up through the ranks there so that she can lead that out. But they're focused on making social media awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. Is is that like a system? Yeah.
1: And that's the thing. So you've got the people, but without giving them the systems and processes, there's probably not going to be a lot of ways for you to step out. Right, because otherwise you'd be sitting there directing the band the entire time. And so the of... system
0: is the su- uh, well, mm-hmm. it, it, it comes to people. That's how I think about every. I'm a hammer yeah. trying to figure out. <laughs> you're, you're telling me I got to do a flathead or a Phillips, and I'm thinking of everything like people, people, people. Right, um, but yeah, that's the 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 system is the people. Mm-hmm. I, it's I don't know if that's a good answer, but
1: okay. I mean, it's your answer, and that's the thing. So what would be your systems and processes when it comes to people then?
0: So like picking up a social media client, right, Mm -hmm. and then uh, figuring out, of course, what their needs are, what their goals are, and then that team concept Make sure that it's executed for them. So if they're looking to grow their connections business to business, what does that look like? Where do they want to spend their time? What are their goals? And those people execute on that, making their their um, their social media look really really good, making sure that we're doing everything we can to encourage interaction engagement, taking offers or whatever those things are, um, but that's the team that executes on that for me. Well,
1: and I think that's that's the thing. So the leverage is there, but you can't really discharge the leverage. I don't know what I'm trying to say. So. The people are there. They are the leverage, but they need a plan that they can execute on, right? right? So they don't just show up to work knowing intrinsically what to do. So if you're able to have the mental bandwidth because you're not answering the phone, you're not doing everything to then create larger scale systems and processes. So when and, – and I know you've got systems and processes in your mm-hmm. business because we, well, we, we talk about them every week. Mm-hmm. So when a client hires you, your system is to – do the interview and to, with the client to see what they need, what kind of virtual assistant they want. Then your recruiter goes out and actually looks for them. And so your recruiter knows when you get a new client, I'm going to post a job and they go through the whole process Mm -hmm. of it. And that's how you've been able to start to abdicate those positions in your company is you know how to do it. So you're able to teach someone how to do it. You teach them and then let them go do that. Yeah, and they do process. it better.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the day, that's what it's like our kids, right? Or We want our yeah. kids to do same thing in the business. It's like there was times when I thought I'm the only one that can be doing this. Mm-hmm. And then I've learned that's not that's not the case. But, yeah, I think, you know, systems wise, we do. We have a really good hiring system in place that people who may think, well, you know, I'm just I'll go figure out how to do this. It's going to take a lot of time. Not only the hiring process, but also the management process of that VA can be Mm -hmm. intensive. And you don't want to spend two, three weeks of pay and time to lose that employee. yeah. Because then you got to start all over again. Now, losing them is easier, right? Because you can fire them and then you can just turn around and try and do the hiring process again. But analyzing where did you go wrong? See, I've been through all of this. I've hired a lot of people. And, and myself, and and then also with the team. So I've learned from my own mistakes and my own successes, and then learned from my team's mistakes and my team's successes, and we get better and better as we go along.
1: Well, and that's a conversation I have with people often. It's like, why haven't you hired someone for this position that you know you need? Oh, well, I'll have to pour the time into training them, and what if they leave? And my question to them is, how, You know, you go through all the time of training them the first time, is training the next person if they leave, is that just as hard as the first time?
0: It can be. It can be worse oh, because. Okay, tell me about I that. I mean, now you may have a little bit more of a system mm-hmm. and process in place that can be helpful with that, but the emotional trauma of the whole thing mm-hmm. can be like, oh my gosh! Especially if you're already struggling, because a lot of business owners, in my experience so far, they're not even looking to hire remote workforce until they're overwhelmed. Yep. And then they're like, oh, "Now I got to train them." Right? And then what if they leave? So I part of my process is to create this this really uh, nurturing, supportive, you know, hub of Filipino workers that they manage each other, they support each other. It's like a it's a basically a Filipino company that, you know, because that's all that, every employee and even my COO It's like I'm the – well, my wife helps me, and then Brooke, Mm -hmm. she's involved in a lot of the processes too. But it's Filipinos otherwise. So there's that culture, and there's that – I'm trying to create that where they want to stay. Because when you improve retention, then it makes it better for the client. It's less risk. So they get to – you get to choose who you want to hire at the end of the day. But Mm -hmm. we pick some really good folks for you. And then you make that final decision of who you got good chemistry with or who you think you have good chemistry with, right, in your one or two interviews or however many that you're wanting to participate with this person before you pull the trigger. But it could still go bad, right? Well, when you have a whole team that can go and redo this for you and set it up to where all you have to do is that part, that's a lot easier to do than if you were to have to go do all of the screening and all of the other things that come with that on top of everything else you're struggling with that's emotionally overwhelming. And and that's not where I would want to be. Um, so that's.
1: I think that's huge, creating that culture where they want to stay. So it sounds mm-hmm. like when you do hire a VA for a company, even though they're technically, you know, if they, you hire a full-time VA, that VA is working for that company full-time, but they still have the resources of your entire team to come back to for help and support.
0: Yep. And, and it, that's more important than you realize because, that if you've got that employee and they're working for you, that's great because you can kind of walk mm-hmm. it out together, right, depending on how much time and effort you want to put into that person. But when they're tethered to a whole culture thing of going uh, that's going on and they can get – Support that support is huge because if they feel isolated and alone and they can't, they don't feel like they can get the help that they need. Because they won't tell the boss, Yeah, hey, I don't think I can do this, what you said, but they will tell their VA supervisor to say, Hey, look, this is where I'm struggling. Oh, well, we can help with that. We'll plug you in over here. Or we'll do whatever, or we can help communicate with the owner in a way that makes sense for the owner to be like, oh, Okay, cool. Well, let me get them the help that they need. We facilitate, we act as that third party, mm. and that's super valuable. Again. Long-term, thinking long-term with these employees is how I approach it. Not everybody would want that. We also do like daily services or, or whatever. We can do that kind of stuff too. But for somebody who wants a, a member of their team to kind of go the the distance, our service is like a no-brainer to do.
1: Well, and that's a unique perspective on it that I haven't heard in the VA space before. I feel like it, it's very easy to think of virtual assistants as almost like robots, because they, you don't really see them. Mm-hmm. They're all the way over in the Philippines. You know, I feel like people can kind of think of them the way we think of AI, which is incorrect. They are people. They're right. very smart people. They're very capable people. And without that culture, without a team to fall back on, you could go and find a VA by yourself. But unless you give them the time and energy that a team like yours gives them, are they going to be as effective in their business?
0: When are they going to stay? So the Filipino culture... It, from my experience thus far, is very – they're community people, right? Mm-hmm. They're supportive of each other, you know, and, and certainly they're not robots. And and no. when if you have a business owner that's so busy that they're not going to pay much attention to their worker, they're going to feel isolated, and they're going to look for that connection somewhere. So you're at risk of losing that because you don't have the time to pour into them. But when they're part of a whole culture at mm-hmm. our company – and they're managed and supervised by, you know, it's a nurturing environment that they're a part of. They feel supported and connected um, and heard. And I think that all those things are important. So that's really what I strive for on my side because that's how I am as a person. I would want that mm-hmm. to work for a company that cared about me and, and, and provided support. Um, so that's what I created.
1: Yeah, that's huge. And do they get excited about helping your business grow?
0: Yeah, they do, and, and I, one of the biggest things is the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, because they're part of something that is pretty large, and they get excitement out of being a part of that, and they'll, they'll wa- follow the social media and all of that stuff, too, um, and we get on our, you know, Monday Zooms, that's the one morning meeting that I'm on, and we have a whole screen full of remote workers, and, you know, we do like a little contest thing, who's got the best backdrop or, you know what I mean, virtual background or whatever, and just have a little fun with it. But it's meant to create a feeling of community that way. And then, of course, we have our own teams and stuff like that. that's there. But yeah, it's uh, offering a good workplace for employees is, I think, more important now than it has been a long time. Um, And it's certainly something we pay attention to on our side.
1: Yeah. Imagine you're doing all of that work that most companies struggle with here in America, creating a positive company culture. Mm-hmm. So what if business owners just didn't have to worry about that on their end because someone else was doing it with their workforce for them?
0: Yeah, that's what really what we've created. I know there's some staffing companies that like that idea too, but boots on the ground, you know, actual, you know, in, in the business staffing, you have to kind of create that where you're at. Mm-hmm. It's difficult for a staffing company to do that. But where we're at, we can have a little bit more of a team vibe, and I'm always looking for ways to improve that. Um, And and I talk to my team leaders about that as well. We're going to be implementing an awards thing, right? We can create a really cool award through Amazon. I can have it shipped to the Philippines when they get, like, an achievement award Mm. that they can display. They can have it in their house. It's a nice award. Um, But that's just another step in that company culture part. I have a lot to learn there, too. I'm certainly not perfect, but... um, it's in my heart to do well there.
1: Well, and I think that's important because a workforce that's excited and, and feel like they're contributing to something bigger are going to do better quality work and be willing to put in that extra effort that disassociated employees aren't going to. So you, you, are, you practice what you preach. You have leveraged out as much as you can since you became a virtual assistant in a company and you've you've really built your business on leverage so have you seen that affect your business in regards to how you're scaling up
0: oh it's it wouldn't have happened without that certainly um but building out the 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 workforce as i'm growing identifying needs bringing in additional revenue and then continuing to expand i invest reinvest pretty Mm -hmm. much all of my business profits back into growing because I know where I'm going. Well, at least you probably, I mean, since we talk about (laughs) it so much, right? (laughs) It's like, you know, I know where I'm going ultimately, uh, but figuring out that path is just part of the fun part for me. Um, But yeah, I love building out these teams and uh, executing on ideas that are going to be profitable for the company. That's where I get a lot of joy out of doing this. Yeah.
1: And I feel like some people do not invest in leverage because it takes away from their profit, but you're doing the exact opposite. You're taking any profit you see and you're reinvesting in leverage. Where do you get the confidence to keep doing that consistently?
0: I don't know, I mean, I, think, I, mean, I see the benefits, mm-hmm. right? I see it all around me, businesses benefit. When you have a service that you're selling that is truly beneficial, There's a lot of confidence that can just come from that, and then it because you see it work. The it's affordable, and there's enough profit margin in it. So you just and for me, I just like to. I'm gonna keep scaling on that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you have seen it dramatically affect just the the gross revenue from where you were in August to today. It's been just less than a year, like a couple weeks shy. So how how has that been one year later, revenue-wise? So,
0: well, so I didn't even... So I started in August, right? Mm-hmm. It was when I hired my first one. Well, I didn't even start offering VA services until February. So technically, it's only been like five months. And I, I mean, you're talking about growing to six figures in February, March, April, May, four months, mm-hmm. and then to a quarter million... In another three months. So the revenue is there. That's, and that's another thing for confidence wise. Yeah. When you see that, you know, okay, we, oh, we're over 10,000 a month. Now we're at 14. Now we're at 18 fixing to be 20. It's like that, that builds a lot of confidence in what you're doing.
1: Oh yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of businesses can resonate with doing a lot of effort and not seeing a lot of results. Like, you know, you're doing something but you're not seeing the results yet and you have to trust the process, which is the worst. Um, but for you, you're trusting the process in that you're seeing the results and you're like, I'm just going to keep pouring into this result so I can keep seeing that result multiply.
0: Well, I get we get better at it like mm-hmm. all the time, you know, and new ideas come up. Like there, here's an example. There's a uh, an electric company or an electrician company and. They want to be able to shop parts that they need. And these parts can vary from like 150 to 500 bucks, right? But that's time. That's a lot of phone mm-hmm. calls, right? Well, what if they just had somebody shopping these parts for them? They could save a ton of money, right? And you only need a few of those to make up that VA salary. Mm-hmm. So that's just the creativity of that process, the new ideas on how to do things, the Conversation we had about, you know, cold callers. I had thought about cold callers needs to be a monthly thing because there's lots of training and lots of other things. So it's going to cost a business, you know, $2,000, $2,500 a month to have a full time cold caller. But, and then the idea was, well, wait a minute. What if we do it on a daily basis, right? So Mm -hmm. they $150 for a day, they can hire a cold caller and they can take care of a whole bunch of work for them. It's like, and then the the data entry Mm -hmm. for the business cards, another service you could, it's like, But I love that. So then it's a matter of, okay, well, how does it fit into an actual plan that we can execute on that fits within what the company's doing? And it's profitable. And we go with it. But there's a lot that you can do with virtual assistants.
1: Well, that's the thing, having that mental bandwidth to be able to make those pivots and shift. I mean, that's key. We're seeing an economy that is question mark. Nobody quite knows when anything's going to happen, if anything's going to happen, inflation's rising, the bottom's falling out of some industries. And so having the mental bandwidth to be able to look at your business, look at the future and recognize clients' pain points like that. You know, the pain point, maybe they don't want to sign up for $2,000 a month, but they'd be willing to drop $150 on a day. So it's the Airbnb versus the long-term rental model. Yes. And, at the end of the day, you make a lot more money on the Airbnb model. Well, and, um, and it's more accessible. It's more accessible to everyone rather than saying you're going to have to commit to a long-term high-cost commitment. Yeah. And it proves your value. So you do a great job on the dailies. Uh, people are a lot more likely to trust that your VAs are high quality. And, and that's that they the way do it should job. be.
0: It should be that way. That way, Mm -hmm. you can stick your toe in the water to find out if it's too cold or too hot, right? Before you go jumping into it, you know what I mean. So that's what I would want as a business owner. That's why I'm so excited about that because it's more accessible. I think it's more authentic and honest. And you know, it's not going to be perfect. You may have people that don't do well at it. It's okay. Well, let's figure out what was wrong. But you only spent 150 or 200 bucks as opposed to spending 3,500 in your first month and then try, and then $2,000 a month thereafter. It's like, wait a minute, can we start off a little bit a little lower on the?
1: Well, and the thing with leverage, too, is you don't have this problem, which is wonderful for you, but a lot of business owners have a problem of not wanting to give up control. So even when they hire leverage, they do not actually use it to the highest advantage because they don't want to give – control of the things they're doing. So what's some advice you could give someone who's struggling with delegation?
0: I've been there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not a control freak, but I do like to have control um, because I'm confident in my abilities to do things. But I also believe in people, right? And I also want to not be a job owner. So it's like I know where I'm going. So Mm -hmm. I have to get over myself. And a great example of that was my hiring. So I've been a cop. I've been in law enforcement for 30 years. I know how to interview people, kind of how a cop interviews people, right? Which is you know, good and bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think I'm a good people person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I make good decisions on hiring. I've been pretty successful at it. Not 100%, but it'll never be 100%. So when I would look to hire somebody to come in and help me, is because I was it was getting to be too much. There was too much activity going on there. And I needed to make sure we could continue to execute at a high level. So I hired somebody to come in. The first person didn't work out because of health reasons, but I got another girl in. That's Abby now that works mm-hmm. for me. And she is easily two or three times better at the job than I am. That was a good moment for me to realize that I'm not the best at it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's for good reason. But I was able to contribute to her success through what I know. So I like to train and educate people. Uh, I put a lot of energy into that. So that's part of the, how I kind of went past that. It's like I yeah. passed that responsibility on and enjoyed that process. And now she executes at an extremely high level.
1: So if you were talking to someone, what would be a tip you could give them on recognizing a task that they should probably delegate?
0: Well, there's a couple of reasons. So first off is, is your time better spent somewhere else because Mm -hmm. you can do more for your business? It's not always money, right? But it could be, right? Like I should be spending more time on relationships because that leads to, to... Hot, no like and trust factor being high, which leads to more sales, that kind of mm-hmm. a thing. You can argue that. Right. But as a business owner, I think we can identify a couple of points where we should focus because it's best for the business and other things we can let go of. Mm-hmm. Right. We should not be doing social media. If you're a business owner, look, and I, we meet them all the time <laughs> and don't get your feelings hurt. But if you're a business owner, even if your business is social media, you should not be doing social media. That is a lower skill level operation that needs to be done by an employee. Mm-hmm. A good example, or analogy is the restaurant owner. A restaurant owner is not going to be the hostess or the waitress yeah. or the waiter or the chef. You know, maybe the chef, but they really shouldn't be because the chef is extremely busy, Right. They need to be doing marketing and building relationships with the community and, and getting the word out about their business and driving more customers to the door or facilitating the operation to do that. That's what they do. Not on social media. Yeah, It's like, come on now. So whenever I hear somebody saying, well, I'm great on social media and you're a business owner, I'm thinking you're wasting your time. It, I, can you think of an example where a, a business owner should spend their time on social media? I can't I mean, think
1: of one. I mean, maybe if they're an influencer, but then it's just creating the content, not exactly. so much posting. That's and what I do here. And, sharing and yeah, Exactly.
0: This is, I create a lot of content, right? Mm-hmm. I got no problem with that, right? I post zero content, right? When it comes to this type of stuff.
1: So a good question to ask yourself if you're a business owner is, could I be paying someone less money than I want to earn to do this better than me?
0: Yeah. So like, um, you know, whenever people listen to video, but it's it's just a few hundred dollars a month to hire professionals to go take care of that for you. It takes Mm -hmm. it off and lets you and and they'll do it at a better level, because if you think you're doing great on social media, I promise you, you're not. (laughs) There's going to be when you put a team of folks behind it and they can continually evolve your your channel Mm -hmm. and then doing the engagement that's necessary to make your your profile successful. That takes a lot of time and effort to do that focus on creating content around yourself.
1: Yeah. And so you've got the delegation to where it's it's down you you've kind of created a way to train these people you enjoy training. Now, a big piece of having a team of what 26 people now?
0: Well, we're at 21 f- f- 21 no, 23. I don't know. It it's it kind of plus. seriously.
1: <laughs> having a team of 20 plus people yeah, there we a go. big point of that is you can't personally manage probably 26 people at a time so how do you hold your staff accountable to the jobs they've been hired to do
0: so you designate team leaders Mm -hmm. right and then um, they have tasks and and missions administrative tasks and functions um, and then social media and then hiring um, so those are like my three main categories of stuff that I've got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it's communication super important. Well, this is the mission and vision of what's going on with the company. So social media, what's going on here? Every day. I meet with them every single day mm-hmm. to get a report on what's going on. And I'm accessible throughout the day on Slack, right? So if the team leader has a problem, they can get a hold of me or if they need clarification. That happens. So I, I've not abdicated any part of my business where I've completely walked away from it. But I've delegated the crap out of it. I mean, it's, there's a lot of delegation going on there, um, which allows them to actually have that authority over what they're doing mm-hmm. so that they can improve and they can make decisions. I actually have, like, when I hire, so the, the last guy we just hired, Brian, um, I was not involved in that hiring process mm. at all. That's awesome. It was yeah. my three main core folks that all participated in a hiring process. And I just, I approved it based on their recommendation. That's a new step for me. Mm -hmm. Right. But when the machine's building the machine, so to speak, right. That now I've kind of, it's not abdication, but it's certainly delegation. You
1: knew about it, but you didn't have to do anything in it.
0: I didn't. I just met the guy first, you know, this morning. You know what I mean, and of course, I give my speech. We got new people. It's like you need to be on time. You need to have great attitude. Listen to your supervisors. So I make sure that people understand mm-hmm. how the company works, and I give the support to the to the leadership. Um, so I think as long as you've got a good mission, you know, there's a good vision, a clear vision of what's going on with the particular division, and you give the proper support there, um, and you pick good leaders, and then you maintain good relationships with those leaders then I think you can do extremely well. I have been very fortunate, I think, but I don't think, it's not like rare. It's
1: not luck, I would say. It's more, because it sounds to me like accountability for for leverage is the difference between strategically building a team to accomplish your missions and goals and just throwing money at a problem. Because you could, you could hire a VA and just be like, go fix this, and then never check on them. And the likelihood of it actually happening is 50-50. You could get someone just spectacular, blow it out of the water axe, you know, just because of who they are. But that's not what you're doing. You're intentionally hiring for a vision, training, setting up the structure to where you know what's going on in your business. You're just not the one doing it.
0: Right. So creating a, a company culture with that clear vision and support, that's how you build a company that can have thousands of VAs working for mm-hmm. you. I'm not building a company for 20 or 30 VAs. I'm building a company for thousands of VAs. And the only way to do that and make it successful is to grow it from the ground up and do the right things as you move along.
1: Yeah, Building a sturdy foundation, I see a lot of businesses that they grow like one of those little weed trees that they just grow up and up and they spread out, but they don't have a really solid trunk. So the wind will knock them down and they're really easy to cut versus a tree that grows really slow, but it's super, super strong and steady. And then the branches just go poof at the top.
0: Yeah. Uh, Trees, I love, you know, pruning trees and stuff is something I've always enjoyed doing. And it drives me crazy when you see a beautiful oak, but the branches are really low on it. It's very Mm. bushy and it's like they didn't trim it properly. They didn't shape that tree properly to really kind of give it its full potential. Yep. Of, of what could that oak, beautiful oak tree could become. But if you tend it from the ground up and you care about it, then it's a world of difference. And that's kind of how I treat my company. Very hands-on, but yet use delegation.
1: With the goal of being hands-off. And mm-hmm. to that point, you've said a couple times throughout this this episode, abdication. What does abdication mean to you?
0: So it's... Stepping away and letting what you have grown ex- continue to execute and continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but the timing of that is important. And I think the being accessible always and being willing to go back in to correct is important. But accountability is a big factor in that, too. So I've hired my first executive assistant. It's my shadow, mm-hmm. basically, to make sure... You know, It's like my, assist, my project manager for all of the projects and stuff that I'm doing, but her job is to be aware, execute, be aware, and inform, mm-hmm. right? That's her job uh, with me, and it's like that's important. So I don't think there ever comes a time when you completely walk away and not care. I don't mean that kind of abdication, but certainly being able to step away enough to where you're very rarely involved in it, but still accept, uh, accessible mm-hmm. and still making sure there's accountability there.
1: So if you had to assign you know, everything right, that's one of my favorite questions, and you were your version of abdication, which is high level, involved but not involved, how many hours a week would you be pouring into the business personally?
0: So if you're in so my definition of business is a little bit different because mm-hmm. I'm growing several verticals, but they're all based on staffing, right? So I don't think there's ever a a point where I'm completely away from it. But my ideal situation is to get to where um, I can pour in a couple of hours a week into each company because it's running so well. But those couple of hours are high-level contacts and accessibility to make corrections or to make decisions at Mm -hmm. a higher level that need to be done. But that shouldn't be more than a couple hours a week per company. That's my ideal situation. And I know that it happens out there for people that build these companies properly. Um, I've also heard, well, you know, 17 to 20 hours a week is, you know, but for a company right, that you're involved in. That's not my goal. My goal is one mm. to two hours a week, but at a high level that it operates. But the fun in, for me is building that out. I'm mm-hmm. not on a lottery ticket, kind of a wish, pipe dream, whatever. I'm just going to do this and run for it. No, that's not what I'm doing. I'm building carefully, slowly, methodically, and, and I think hopefully wisely. That's why I have you as a business coach, so I can see things and more clearly and make good decisions as I move along and constantly being challenged on what I'm thinking mm-hmm. so that I can do what's best for the people. Obviously, I'm building a, a network of people. Yeah. that are all servicing Crucus to to make that work well. So I'm not building a thing that I walk... I'm building a, a an organism, if you will.
1: And I think that clarity is key because I feel like there's a lot of negative connotations around the word abdication, right? Abdicating the throne, abdicating the presidency. Um, but if you think of it in I want to... Abdicate all roles so that I can pour in a few hours a week per company I have. So, if you have five companies, that's 10 hours a week. And that's your version of abdication. That's super positive and a really clear goal that you're actively building to get to. So, it's not 10 hours a week right now or two hours a week right now.
0: No, heck no. It's still 60 hours a week. Still spending
1: 60 hours a week but with the goal in mind in 10 years to be at 2 hours a week per business and in that time frame i mean if you concentrate on that type of goal you can absolutely do it you just have to be willing to leverage That's there's it. no way you can do it on your own
0: no leverage is for the business owner out there who who is maybe even been toying with the idea of hiring remote workers it's like what have you got to lose go give it a try, right? I mean, talk with me about what does this look like? What does it feel like? How is this going to work for your business? And let's come up with a good plan, And and but let's move forward, right? I'm not the like, let's plan and let's think. It's like, let's take a look at this. This is how it works. Now let's do it. I'm very action oriented. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. the way.
1: Jump off the cliff and But I know how deep the water is. I know how
0: cold the water is. Do your research. There's no alligators, right? I mean, I understand what I'm jumping into as much as I can, but I'm not afraid to jump. Let's go.
1: Well, that's something that I think every business owner recognizes, but not every business owner truly takes to heart, is starting and running a business is a risk. So no matter what, even if you take control and you keep doing all the work, it is still risky. But nothing is impossible. So if you've got a plan and you've got a vision for what you want to see happen, you can make it happen.
0: Well, sometimes the plan is just surrounding yourself with people that can help you go in the right direction. Mm Because you can't – what does it say? Mike Tyson says everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. You know what I mean? It's like – but that's what entrepreneurship is. You're going to get punched in the face. How are you going to react? And who is your – You know, your counsel around you, who's in your sphere that can help support you and give you good information. um, And what are you learning? So it's entrepreneurship is a really good playground for me. It's Mm -hmm. it it fits very well with who I am. Um, It drives my wife a little crazy. (laughs)
1: Let's uh. That's where you're going to really hone your sales skills there. (laughs) It was
0: fun talking to, you know, cause I kind of picked up on that vibe with Alex and Elaine, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, he's, he's driving force and she's kind of just trying to keep her sanity at least a little bit at the beginning of it, but then, you know, all in and, and, you know, really, really helping the business be successful. I can relate to that quite a bit.
1: Yeah. It's good to have a, a healthy dose of integrator skepticism to a visionary's high flying optimism, um, it helps well, balance it out. And
0: back to so business coaching is like if you've been so helpful because you it's it, back to the therapy world again, right? The because therapy world. W- Jennifer, when she hears you asking me questions, it's not just what Mark thinks and what Mark's planning on. Where is he getting information? And mm-hmm. is anybody holding Mark accountable, or, or you know, at least feeding him adv- advice and information? that seems real that Jennifer can hear and see that that's being done. It can give her confidence. So since she's been coming to the coaching sessions, mm-hmm. it has changed for the, I mean, it's been an amazing transformation. She's much more plugged in now. Um, I'm not sure exactly the reason why, but I know that that was a good trigger. She was already involved, but it's different now. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. Oh, thank you. It's important.
1: I think that's important though in business. It's, what I love about having a coach is that I want someone who is not emotionally or monetarily tied to my results. So I know that whoever I'm talking to, they want me to succeed. Don't get me wrong. They're they're rooting for me. But if I fail, it's not going to affect them. If I succeed, it's it's not going to affect them. Whereas if I was talking to my husband about this. If I fail, it, it really affects him. If I succeed, it really does. So he's not going to give me unbiased advice or feedback, and he's not going to be that unbiased well, backer board for me to bounce ideas off of. Well,
0: maybe influenced by fear.
1: Oh, fear, absolutely.
0: So that's something that, that's not healthy. We
1: swim in uh, not calm waters here in entrepreneurial world. I mean— I'm as likely to succeed as I am to fail and being able to handle that risk tolerance. It's a certain type of personality.
0: It is. All right, Heather, well, thanks a lot for that chat. I appreciate it. Um, as we wrap up our show, quick reminder to check out our latest podcast or catch video versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us for this week. You guys have a great one, and we'll see you on the next one.
1: Sounds
0: good. Thank you.